You unlock this benefit with the key of Patreon. Beyond is another dimension. A dimension of thought. A dimension of speculation. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both waffle and substance. Of things and ideas. You've just crossed into the podcast zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space as we travel through the Twilight Zone. We've now got through to the fifth episode and we're going to be walking the distance to the local town and visiting our childhood homes. That's right, we are going to do in walking distance. A, uh, a gentleman pulls into a garage uh, for his petrol and in doing so recognises a sign for his old hometown and realises it's only a mile and a half away. He goes there and walk, has a walk to town but finds that it's very similar to how it was when he lived there. So we'll leave it at that. So, Julia, what are your thoughts on, on walking distance? Well, uh, I said previously that, uh, and you agreed that um, uh, the previous episode was the best yet. I think this is the best yet, mm. uh, again. Um, and it was uh, a few years back, I, I made it sort of like halfway through this Twilight Zone going straight through. And this one is the first one that I really remembered uh, mm. And that really stuck with me. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this, especially as an American, you know, with the Americana and nostalgia um, and concepts of childhood. Um, and as an American who grew up in a small town, even if it was decades after this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. I'll, I'll let you get into your bit because I have a slightly different view on this from being, being a Brit, I think. And, and um, again, I like it. I think there's some good bits in this. Um, I, I There's some technicalities I call that. And I think, that, again, sort of like this is almost like the Back to the Future uh, thing of like, he goes back and he acknowledges it's 25 years, pretty much. That he's, 20 years. Yeah. If I was to go back 20 years, I think I'd recognize that I've gone back 20 years just from looking around and going, wow, there's a ve- there's a great difference in fashion and car. I mean, they all come up in the show, but like you would know it instantly. And so like, it, this got me thinking, like, if he's gone back 20, 25 years, like, what's the difference in you say about Americana? Like, what would be the social and technological advances that would identify that difference? Where it'd be like, well, okay, well, no one's walking around with a smartphone, and no one—it would be blatantly obvious. If I was to go back to my eleven-year-old self, you know, when I was eleven, now mid nineties, well, early nineties. Let's be honest; I'm not going to lie. Um, like the difference in clothes and, and technology that would be, would be vastly different. So that was just the one, that was the one part, the one nitpick I actually had in this episode was when he's walking around going, well, this looks familiar. And I'd be going like, God damn, everyone's wearing naffy jeans and, you know, wearing acid uh, f- smiley faces all over the place. Like it would look extremely different. But other than that, I agree. Actually, I really enjoyed this episode. I think that, I think that's part and parcel of, of sort of what we talked about uh, in a previous episode of how like they kind of stretch out the reveal. Right. Mm. Um, but in fairness, I think that it's easy for me to imagine that he's not seeing a bunch of cars on the street and he goes into that ice cream shop and you yeah. do get a car later, you know, yes. where it's like, Oh, this is right off the assembly line, you know, <laughs> of roadster. Um, and boy, it's that, it's that ice cream shop, which I associate with the fifties. Mm. Uh, but which, you know, is a, is a 1930s, yeah, ice cream shop, um, with, you know, three scoops 
and uh, you know the the soda, the soda. Um, which of course you know getting into sort of the issue of nostalgia and uh, you know I look at and I get emotional thinking about because mm. that's the kind of thing that I loved as a kid. But of course, now if I if I tasted it now, I'd be like, "This is disgusting! Yes. How do people like? How did I eat this and think this is good?" Mm. Um, but I, I do like the kind of slow reveal and the and the old man upstairs and the price of the ice cream. And and I for me for my money, it's kind of a little easier to believe that small towns are a little backward, especially mm. in the Midwest, especially at 1959. You know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, if he sees the cars and the clothes, you're right. But you know, I you can easily imagine like that ice cream shop doesn't look all that different. No, no. I mean, to be fair, I, I can imagine if, if the, the British equivalent. This would probably be a small village somewhere mm-hmm. in Surrey or somewhere like that. You know, in the home counties where it's like, you know, hasn't changed since Victoria was on the throne. Um, the prisoner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. It would be exactly like that. Um, so I can imagine it to, to, to some extent. Um, you know, I think I think my my thing is I came from a city, and I saw that city change vastly yeah. during my childhood, and so to see it, you know, um, if I was to go back to my childhood and was to walk around that city, I'd be like, huh. This is hugely different to how I remember this. Sort of, like, to be fair, I actually recently drove through my whole old, I not you know, I didn't get transported back to nineteen ninety two, but I drove around recently. Drove around Coventry uh, on the on the, the ring road where I live, and it is massively different from the just a couple of years that I was there last. So it's, you know, you can, I can see the difference. Even I was going, oh, bloody hell, these buildings have shot up, that sort of thing. So it's in, it's interesting how those things change. I say, especially with more rural or, or sort of small towns. Well, that that brings me to one of my observations, which is like, uh, so I mean, I grew up, I moved around a lot, but you know, I ended up settling in third grade. You know, for the first time, I, I had a I had a teacher for a full year. I had moved around so much, which kind of messed me up. But then from third grade through high school, I was, you know, basically in the same small town. And uh, when I moved there, there was a cornfield behind my house. Uh, You know, I jumped a ravine on a dare and got lost in the woods and, you know, navigated by sunlight and the sun's position and came out, you know, two hours later, exhausted (laughs) on uh, in another town. Um, all of that's gone now. All of that's development. Mm-hmm. Um, so that town has changed a lot. And I know what you mean, I mean especially in, you know, like I, I lived in, in Waikiki in you know, in Honolulu. And it was like one of the things I loved about it was you blink, you come back and it's like that restaurant's gone. Yeah. The building's been torn down and it's been replaced with a brand new building that's yeah. got something else in it. And it's like, when did that even happen? I went there a week ago. Yeah. Um, there's that weird just kind of like, it's almost like, uh, you know, something in like Flex Mentalo of like they change the mm-hmm. panels between. Um, but but to get to like that sense of, of, of change, you know, I having having had that experience, I hated growing up in a small town. I hated, you know, uh, that there was a cornfield behind my house. You know, I mean, I liked going into the woods and stuff. I was, a, I was a little, I was a boy, you know, but um, 
I felt stifled. I mean, I, so so in a weird way, this is a a, a poetic, uh, very beautiful, uh, moving depiction of an America that not only precedes me, uh, but that I do have some connection to. You know, I mean, I I it strikes me as the ice cream soda, the the bandstand. I mean. I know that bandstand. There's a bandstand mm. in my town. I mean, I sat outside and listened to my dad play in it, you know, as a kid. And I was reading comics, you know, or, or whatever. Um, you know, the, the, the baseball, the carousel. I mean, these are icons from my childhood. And I look back nostalgically and I feel something about them. And yet at the same time, my experience of those things was not of like the summer of my life that it's depicted mm -hmm. in this film. Um, I don't know. I don't understand that concept. Uh, you know, my depiction was like, you know, yeah, things are not okay at home. You know, uh, <laughs> my parents are talking divorce and, you know, mom's drinking and, you know, uh, you know, I'm d already getting depressed and don't know if I'm a good person or not and kind of feel stifled in the small town. And yet this stuff, really this kind of Americana just I guess because I'm a Yank it's just in my DNA well I think there's there were two things I think it does I think it comes down to national identity because there is British equivalence of this like, there's mm -hmm. definitely a British equivalency of, of, of looking back especially for nostalgia for that thing of the 80s or your childhood and I remember sort of like this similar era you say about the summer of your life like I remember summers you finish school and you got six weeks ahead of you and that's it. Then you know, you do this. I remember those summers to, to an extent, like you know, it, with fond rose-tinted glasses. And I'm pretty sure if I went back to them now, if I was to be, you know, if I was to Sam Sam Beckett it and quantum leap myself back to then, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't enjoy it. There'd be this thing of going, oh yeah, actually this sucked. Like you know, it was it wasn't great. I hated you know me and my sister fought continuously. Like you know, there was always these different things going on. Um, but you do, you look back with nostalgia. Um, but one of the things that this, this came up to me was like the Stephen King of this is ringing loud and clear in my ears. Like stand by me is, is, you know, is, is clearly is, is part of this. It, the, you know, the children from it, uh, and th this sort of, uh, this, this idea of sort of the summer of you know, the summer of your life thing really does. It's, it's, it's definitely, you know, it made me think about, you know, it's definitely this American idea, um, this, you know, like summer of 69, even like in you know, Brian Adams, this sort of like, you know, this idea, this, that summer that you changed, that summer that you grew up or there's always this idea of this, that, that, that you know, it's always summer. You kiss right? someone like, for the first time and, you know, yeah, it, you know found a dead body. <laughs> yeah. All of the, the same thing. You know, they may be the same day, the same event. I don't know. Um, um, well, that was my first kiss. And that's what Stephen King is writing about now. Um, but yeah, it, that, that definitely feels like an Americana idea because I think that there is a British equivalency, but it's less romantic. At least it's it's usually, um, you know, more about like say uh, what do they call them latchkey kids. You know, you're kicked out at nine a.m. because everyone's gone to work, and you let back in the house at five p.m. and everyone's back. And that you know, for the rest of the time, don't kill yourself. And more, you know. And those sorts of things, and that's so there is that equivalency of going off playing in the park and riding bikes for hours and all this other stuff. Um, but I don't think it has the same sort of like national nostalgia, I think, that, that it, it does in that American ideal. 
which I do find interesting, really, because it's obviously you know there's a Western thing. Um, so this didn't didn't hit me in that place, um, but it did hit me in a very different way, which you've sort of alluded to is what do you leave behind as you grow up? You know, this idea of his dad says, you know, that's the summer of his life at the end. when His dad sort of realizes who he is. But this idea of what you leave behind as you get older, and it's funny that when we first started talking this evening, I was talking about work and sort of like you get to a point where you're like, it's all crap. It's all crap. You've just got to do your best and carry on, but this is what life is. And then you you enjoy the little things, you know, like you say, time with your family or doing things like this. And But what is it you, lo- you leave behind that this ideal, these ideals you had as a child? And that sort of really struck me a little bit towards the end of this episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I I think that, um, you know, there's the whole like back to the future plot, you know, and I think you're right in all of these references that you've made, Um, you know, of sort of like finding, seeing your dad and the implication Mm -hmm. is his mom has died. Um, And, you know, of course, we also we also live in an era in which, I mean, you and I are doing a podcast. And first of all, thank God for technology. You know, I mean. But uh, you and I are doing a podcast about sci-fi stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you do 20th Century Geek and, you know, we publish about comics and stuff like that. Um, you know, there is a sort of like arrested development that mm. would have been called arrested development when we were kids. Um, the Peter Pan our, syndrome. Yes, Peter Pan syndrome. Uh, mm. Arrested development. Mm-hmm. Um, this. uh so, um, you know, in fact, I, I remember being a teenager in high school and, uh, you know, uh, hanging out with my friends and going to comic shops. And one of them was bemoaning how, you know, none of us had girlfriends. And he said, like, you know, uh, what are we going to say? Does Arrested Development turn you on? <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's sort of like uh, we all sort of realized at the moment, oh, we're screwed, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but. So we live in a culture in which that's kind of hip. And but in this time, you know, it's clear that he's a VP of media. He lives in New York in an apartment. He's made it. And yet he has this nostalgic yearning for childhood. And so there's this idea that childhood should be a time of innocence. Right. Mm. And we sometimes say this today, like I wasn't I never had a childhood. Right. Because I never was able to be innocent. I Mm. had abuse or whatever. That's not what childhood ever meant through human history, right? Um, So it's this very uh, 20th century, very American idea of, and and also white, it's shot through with white privilege, male privilege, you know, um, that childhood is this wonderful innocent time. And also this presumption that when you get older, you should put away childhood things. And I think all of that is problematic. I'm troubled by all of that. And yet, there's still truth to it, and I'm still moved by this episode. No, I agree. I think you know, when he sees his parents, and you, you know, this thing of, and especially his mother and this other stuff, I, I, I get that. This idea of the nostalgia and being able to do the things that, you, um, I, I, you know, I understand that. But yeah, this idea of arrested development and stuff, and saying of growing up. One of the weird things is, as I say, up until about the 1930s, teenagers didn't exist. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a You got to an age, you left school at 12 and you went into work, you know, and you, you went in the mines. And if you didn't like it, tough. <laughs> that was it. And that was it until you're sort of dead in your 50s. Um, and, that, and, and then, like I say, they, 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 they elongated education and all this other stuff. And they created the 
teenagers. Teenager, mm-hmm. The term teenager wasn't used until 1942. Mm-hmm. So not even that long before this series was made. So it's, it's interesting, they say, this idea. When the, when the, the, one of the things I found interesting about this was the ages that they were choosing these characters to be. Because that, that, that summer of his life is he's 11. And that's still yeah. young. He's like, oh, yeah, this, this is the summer of his life. And after that, what, it's crap? Like, is it downward <laughs> from there? But he sounds like he's doing good. He's only 36. You know, we're both beyond 36. He's like, he's 36 and he's made it. And there's this, this is a yearning for that thing. So it's interesting, like, to see how this has shifted uh, to an extent. We, you know, kids are, getting, kids are getting older, younger, you know. Mm. However, there is still this thing of, of that's part of this arrested development. So I, I do I just find the aging of this interesting as well. Um, it, also today, nobody, you know, in, in both of our countries, um, but, you know, especially here with the, the income gap, uh, nobody can imagine somebody having made it at, at that age. Yeah, like yeah, the idea that you know you're settled at that age is, is mm. so absurd these days. Yeah. Uh, f- final thought then, just from this, the, the one of the elements we respect is the time travel. Is there's mm. an element of this of, of um, he does see his his, his younger self because at first you're wondering if it's some sort of fancy or whatever, but it solidifies when. During him trying to speak to his younger self, his younger self falls off a carousel and injures his leg, and he falls down and sort of like in pain at that moment feels the same pain, and then that leg injury he acknowledges later on when he when he goes back and sees the same thing like the soda shop or whatever the ice cream parlor in the fifties. I know you have very specific views on time travel. Uh, what were your thoughts on just that? Before we sort of uh, as a final point. Well, I think you would say it's daft. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's dumb, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, it would have been better if from the start he had a limp and you watch him walking the mile and a half into town with a limp. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I, I remember falling off the carousel. And it seems as if, like, at that moment, time changes and he, you know, mm. so, yeah, I mean, that's a weaker element. Uh, for sure. I, I, I don't like that. I would say that um, yeah, I wanted to mention, you know, his talk with his dad and sort of like him going crazy. And he has this wonderful talk with his dad and his dad. He's left a wallet after fleeing the mm. house when he visited for the second time. And the wallet is like, look, not only does it have your name, Martin Sloan, but, you know, the bills are all from years that haven't happened yet. You know, OK, I believe you. And, and he says, you've got to leave. You yeah. know, this is young Martin's time. It's not about you. And and I love what he says. You know, it's very loving. It's very like, I don't know how this happened. Right? Or in the twilight zone. Like, I don't know time travel and neither do you. But, um, but I do know that, you know, it's this sort of like Martin deserves a childhood. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, problematic in this idea of childhood innocence. But uh, I do love what he says about you know look look ahead um and i think that you know as you get older and you know you remember sort of the time of your life or you remember you know when your body was young and things were simpler and you romanticize it in the, in the previous twilight zone episode we dealt with nostalgia too yeah um that I think it's so important, and I really believe this, to constantly be looking ahead and mm. constantly say, you know, 
Um, yeah, okay, so that was a good period. So I'm dealing with these challenges right now. But my job is to create a new golden age. You know, yeah. I think this is important for us personally and for nations to not look back and to instead say, you know, look, it's not going to be the same, but it's going to be better in some ways and worse in others. But we can, <clears throat> you know, find the next uh, three scoop of ice cream, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> soda, um, whatever that is. And yeah. maybe that's kale in my case. But, <laughs> uh, and I love it. But um, so that matters a lot to me. Yeah, no, I understand. It's a great episode for that, I think. And I do like you say, I definitely twin it with the last one. I think it has a slightly conflicting message, but I, I love them both. Uh, so, yes, anyway, so that's it. So we've, we've run a little over on this one, but I think it was well-deserved. So any final thoughts on uh, the walking distance? No, I'm all good. It just gets me right here. No, it's, yeah, it's a good episode, solid episode. I liked a lot's going on. Um, I do like that conversation with his dad at the end. I love that his dad's so pragmatic. <laughs> his dad's like... Yeah, you're clearly from the future, and you're clearly my son. Um, you know, and it's obviously quite a heartfelt moment. But there's not sort of like a, oh my god, like you know, great Scott kind of moment. Um, it's it's just very well played, and again, it's sort of it's it's um, it's not overly dr- melodramatic, which I like the fact that they're not doing that. So I, I, I really appreciate that. But a good episode, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed us talking about it. So it's been a, 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 a doozy, this one. So uh, thank you very much, and we shall talk to you on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>